Luke 23 and verse 50. Behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and just. The same had not consented to the counsel indeed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. On this wonderful Easter Resurrection Sunday, I simply want to preach to you what a difference a day makes. Would you set your Bibles aside, lift your hands towards heaven one more time, and ask God to have His perfect way in this place. Lord, whatever you want to do in this house, I, I, I submit my ideas, my thoughts, my plans, God, to you. I want to be sensitive to your spirit. I want to be sensitive to your working. I, I pray that you would open my mouth, God, uh, and let your word flow through me. Uh, let Jared fade off into the background. Let Jesus and the word just begin to breathe uh, into the foreground in Jesus' precious name. Go ahead and slap your neighbor high five and tell him you're happy to see him here today. You may be seated in this place. It was the longest Sabbath they had ever endured. Chronologically, of course, it was still just 24 hours, but it felt like forever. Sleep as it were, was hidden from them. The night spent tossing and turning. The doors are barred. The windows are closed. Voices are barely rising above a whisper, accepting the anguished cries of grief that will periodically escape through their lips as they're struggling to process everything they've seen in the last 24 hours. Fear and uncertainty swirl through their hearts, their minds flashing back to that horrific scene. His face, his face was beaten so badly they, they couldn't even recognize him at first. And as memory of it washes over their brain, the gasps come again. Oh, the bruising. And the bleeding. And then watching their leader fight for every breath. Each movement as he hung there on that cross in absolute agony. At least those that stayed watched. Shame and confusion gripped many of the twelve. How had they failed him so badly? Just a day before, they had boldly declared, I'll stay with you until the death. But in his moment of greatest need, they all 
fled away. Perhaps they console themselves. At least I'm not Peter. The details are a little bit fuzzy, but there in the darkness of the garden, lit only by the torches of the soldiers, someone, and I think it was Peter, somebody pulled out a sword and started swinging as we fled. Panic sets in again. What if they're looking for me now? It was attempted murder after all. What if, what if next the soldiers are going to come pounding on my door? What now? It's the question on each of their lips. Peter and John begin to think back to the smell of the sea. Their fingers still remembering how to tie the knots and how to pull the nets over the side of the boat, wondering if their father would welcome them back into the business. Matthew perhaps thinks back to the day of his comfortable life that he'd abandoned as a tax collector. It seems so wise. It seems so promising at first. There was such power in that voice when Jesus had spoken to them. But now Jesus was dead and their hopes and dreams of a kingdom of Israel with him had they wasted three years. Meanwhile, Just outside the walls of Jerusalem stand two guards. They are battle-hardened soldiers, members of a Roman legion, and yet here they were. The tomb had been sealed. The stone was huge. Who could possibly move it? They'd had worse duties, yes, but none had been more boring. Fighting off the yawns. They were thankful to see the sun beginning to light the eastern sky. Their watch was almost over. But suddenly, the ground began to move underneath their feet. It was subtle at first, but there was a shaking and a quaking of the ground beneath them. And in front of them appeared two men in bright apparel, brighter even than the sunrise. And terror and panic began to grip the minds of two grizzled veterans, their swords clattering unused to the ground, knees giving way as the ground rushes up to meet their face as they faint from fear. Fading from consciousness, they watched the stone begin to roll to the side. Uh, I do not come here today just to entertain you with oratory, but simply to declare what a difference a day makes. Uh, What a difference one single sunrise can make uh, when God uh, is able to step into your moment and your life. We continue in Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. Upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. 
And as they entered in, they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Uh, He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Uh, And verse 8 says, They remembered his words. You pick up the narrative in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 8. It reads, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet. And worshipped him. Uh, I've just come to declare today to somebody. uh, It might be a need in your life right now. uh, But what a difference a day makes. Uh, What a difference it will be. uh, When there's just one day that passes in your life. Uh, Our God specializes in the ability to rescue a story. From what seems like a tragedy. uh, And turn it into a victory. With one simple sunrise. Uh, Saturday he was in the tomb. uh, And Sunday he's alive. uh, With all power in his hands. Uh, Somebody here today needs to hear the word. Do not let go of your hope. Do not let go of a future. Do not let go of a promise because there's a new day coming. Like Mary, Mary and the other gals, you've just got to remember his words. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, And I know you're going through hell right now. Uh, I know it's not looking pretty. Uh, I know life is difficult. Uh, I know that family situations bothering you. Uh, I know that addiction's cropping up. Uh, I know you're troubled uh, and you're confused. uh, But hang on uh, one more day uh, because another day is about to dawn. Uh, Another day is about to come. Every promise of his word is going to come to pass. Every prophecy that has ever spoken over you and your family, it is going to come to pass. What a difference one day can make. The Gospels and the book of Acts detail in a whirlwind of excitement the risen Lord. He appears... In the midst of his disciples in a locked room. He walks with two to a village. He eats fish and honeycomb. Thomas feels the nail holes in his hands. And places his hand in the scar hole of a spear in his side. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I delivered unto you first of all that which also I received. How that Christ died For our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 
And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen by me also as of one born out of due time. Uh, Oh, it's not just a fairy tale. It's not just a story. It is not just words on a page. Uh, We're not here getting hyped up and excited about something uh, just so we can say and they all lived happily ever after. No, no, my friend. Uh, There were a multitude of witnesses. Uh, There were many witnesses. uh, And there was a transforming power uh, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ upon the lives of the apostles. We aren't following cunningly devised fables. We're not following these these endless uh, uh, made-up stories. We're following a a king uh, who went to the grave for us but came back out of the grave on the third day. You see, that son came up on the third day and our king rose with it. Is anybody thankful today uh, that we don't serve a dead God? Uh, It's not a religion founded on a dead leader. Uh, It's a religion founded on the very fact uh, that he has conquered death uh, and hell uh, and the grave. This world today would love for you to begin to doubt the resurrection This world today would love for you to begin to doubt that this was accurate or truthful. After all, you've never seen him. Nobody seated in this room saw Jesus resurrected. Yes, there were greater than 500 witnesses, but I, I've never seen him. And yet, here we are. Two thousand years later, commemorating that blessed morning, commemorating that beautiful sunrise, commemorating everything we read in Scripture. I recite to you Paul's warning to the church of the Colossians, as he says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, as ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power i've come to reassure somebody today when you call on the name of jesus uh, at this altar in just a few moments uh, when your hands slip into the air and the name of jesus comes out of your mouth uh, you're not just calling on a part of god uh, or a piece of god uh, all of god uh, dwelt bodily in christ jesus uh, and i am complete. Uh, That means I am whole uh, and I am made perfect in him. Uh, He's the head of all principality and all power. Paul goes on and says, in whom also ye are circumcised 
with the circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Paul is talking, as we find out in verse 12, he says, buried with him in baptism. You can be baptized today and your sins can be washed away. Those things of guilt that hang on to us, those stains of our past that have a hold on our lives. I've come to tell you what a difference one day can make because today you can go down in the waters of baptism and all of that past is going to be erased off of your life. But he's not just going to leave you there dead in the tomb, just like he didn't stay dead in the tomb. It says in verse 12, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. I'm so thankful. It would be enough Would it not be enough to know that God got out of the grave? Would it not be enough to know uh, that our king rose from the grave? And yet, uh, it it blows my mind to consider and to think about. uh, It was not enough for him. Because he was not content with his creation still being bound by sin. He had authority over sin. He held it in his hand. But he wants you to have dominion and authority over sin. He wants you to rise up today to walk in newness of life. So look at what he did. It says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Just imagine, if you will, you're standing in front of the judge and the prosecuting attorney opens the books and the rap sheet just keeps unwinding and falling onto the floor. Anybody ever been there? Maybe don't. <laughs> we were all there. We are all there. And there were a whole lot of things written against Jared. There were a whole lot of things that I've done, and I'm sure there's going to be some more that I do. And the grace of God helped me to walk in victory instead of that. But our God on Calvary took his precious blood and began to blot away those ordinances on that rap sheet. He began to blot away everything that was against me, everything that was contrary to us, it said. And not only did he erase it, the Bible declares that he took it out of the way. He ripped it right out of Satan's hands and he took it and nailed it to his cross. The devil no longer has access to your rap sheet. He's no longer got access to the list of things that you've done because it's nailed to a cross and it's covered by some blood. Is anybody thankful today that no matter what you've done, it can be covered by the blood of Jesus? And not just that, not just that. The Bible says that he spoiled 
principalities and powers. That doesn't mean he gave them whatever they wanted and they walked around like rotten, nasty little children. No, that means he went and he took everything valuable from them. After a battle in your Bible, they would go out and strip the slain and they'd look for the gold uh, and they'd look for the silver. They'd look for everything valuable on their enemy and they would take it. Uh, but gold uh, and silver wasn't what Jesus was after. Uh, the spoils he was after was your soul. Uh, the spoils that Jesus wanted from the devil. It wasn't the riches of the world uh, because the devil wasn't able to tempt him with that. Uh, it wasn't the fame of the world because Jesus uh, refused to accept fame uh, of the world. The spoil uh, that he wanted from the enemy, the spoil that he snatched out of the hand uh, of Satan uh, was your soul. Uh, and the Bible says that he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It wasn't a close fight. It wasn't a close battle. It was one-sided from the get-go. It was one-sided from the start. Jesus uh, walked down uh, into the place of death, hell, and the grave uh, and said, I'll take the keys. Uh, I'll take those souls. Uh, they're coming with me. Uh, what a difference that day uh, made. Uh, hell does not have a hold uh, on those that have been buried with him. Hell no longer has a hold uh, on you. Uh, it doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, the blood uh, of Jesus uh, can cover your sins. Uh, it does not matter uh, how you walked in here today. Uh, because it's a new day. Uh, and what a difference that day uh, can make in your life. Uh, let's lift our hands to the Lord all across this place. And we could pass the microphone around this room and you could hear story after story, testimony after testimony. Don't make the mistake of walking into this place and seeing somebody in a suit or in a nice dress with their hair done up all nice and think, man, they must have lived a perfect life and had it all together. No, no, my friend, in this room uh, are souls that were spoiled from Satan. Uh, Jesus took them uh, out of the grasp of hell. Uh, souls that were bound by methamphetamines. Uh, souls that were addicted to alcohol. Souls uh, that were bound by lust and pornography. Souls uh, that were were hopeless and lost and headed uh, towards a hell. Uh, souls uh, were snatched out of the hand of the enemy. What a difference that day made. No matter what you're facing in here today, I say this with no hype and with no exaggeration at all. My God is able to step into your situation and in one day begin to change it. In one day and in one moment, change it. You see, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he wants to fill your life today. I read to you from Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live 
after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs of Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time uh, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 1 Corinthians 15 and 50, as I hurry to a close today. Paul writes and declares this, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. It's important that you hear me today. These are not empty promises. These are the promises of God. But these promises of God are conditional upon your obedience to His Word. The Bible declares that whoever is willing to repent of their sins... Be baptized in Jesus' name, shall be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is available for anybody that wants it. But he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, or we're not, we're not all going to die before Jesus comes back, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling, of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed he writes in Thessalonians and says for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds uh, to meet the Lord in the air. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Uh, I've come to comfort somebody and tell you uh, what a difference that day is going to make. Uh, you might be in a battle right now, uh, but hang on, because uh, there's a day coming uh, where the eastern sky is going to split wide open uh, and the Lord himself uh, is going to step in back into time uh, and God uh, is going to come with a shout uh, and with the voice of the archangel uh, and the the dead uh, are going to rise. Uh, the dead uh, are going to rise. Uh, and then we which are alive uh, and remain, uh, we're going to be caught up together with him in the clouds. Uh, 